Lesson number 112, Surah Yunus, ayah number 1 to 20. Surah Yunus is a Makki surah. Before Surah Yunus, we learned which surah? Surah At-Tawbah. And Surah At-Tawbah was a Madni surah, meaning it was revealed after the Hijrah. And when exactly was Surah At-Tawbah was revealed? Towards the end of the Prophet ﷺ's life. Right? So you're talking about almost the end of the Madni period. Surah Yunus on the other hand is a Makki surah. So you're talking about a surah that was revealed even before the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina. He was still where? In Makkah. And in Makkah, were things the same as they were in Medina? No, completely different. So we need to have the right kind of background knowledge in order to understand the surah. Remember that Makki surahs, their focus is on what? Aqidah. Okay? Aqidah. Aqidah as in beliefs. In our religion, our main aqaid, our main beliefs are, what are the six pillars of faith? Iman billah, belief in Allah, so belief in His existence, in His oneness, right? Negation of shirk, All right, any kind of shirk, believing in his names and attributes, the fact that he is the creator, the fact that he is the only one who deserves worship, right? So belief in Allah. Secondly, belief in the angels. Thirdly, belief in the books. The angels brought revelation, right? For example, Jibreel brought revelation. The angels perform many, many roles, right? Thirdly, belief in the books. So for example, Qur'an is a book that Allah has revealed. So believing in the Qur'an, right? Fourthly, belief in the prophets also, the messengers from Nuh alayhi salam to Ibrahim alayhi salam to Musa alayhi salam to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And then belief in the day of judgment, the hereafter, Jannah, Naar, resurrection, Hisab, alright? And then finally, belief in Al-Qadr. Divine decree. So because the focus of the Makki surahs is aqaid, this is why you will see a lot of these concepts being discussed. Alright? A lot of these concepts are going to be elaborated. The questions that people have about the oneness of Allah, the doubts that people have about the authenticity of the Qur'an, the objections that the people have against the prophethood of Muhammad wasallam, the doubts that they have about the coming of the Day of Judgment, and the many confusions that people have about fate, about Qadr. You will notice that all of these matters are discussed and clarified. Alright? So keep this in mind. Focus is on what? On what? Aqeedah. Alright. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Surah Yunus. So Surah Yunus is a Makki surah and it has 109 verses. Alif Lam Ra. Tilka ayatul kitab al-Hakim. Alif Lam Ra. Huruf muqatta'at. Muqatta'at means those that are disjointed. Meaning they're not connected together in the sense that you recite them in a flow. So for example, Alif Lam Ra, you don't say Alar. Alright? There's no harakat on them. You read every letter, how? Individually. Alright? So Alif Lam Ra. And these huruf, obviously they're a part of the Qur'an. And many surahs of the Qur'an, they begin with the huruf muqatta'at. The meaning, Allahu A'lam, the exact meaning. But the purpose, what is the purpose? To show the miraculous nature of the Qur'an. That 
Here you go. Alif, Lam, Ra. These huruf, you use them all the time. You pronounce these sounds all the time. But can you produce anything like the Qur'an? Anything like the Qur'an, it's not within your ability. And you know there were poets who, when they heard the Qur'an, just one surah, few verses, they gave up on their poetry. They just stopped. They're like, you know what? We admit our defeat. If we say any verses of poetry from this day onwards, we will humiliate ourselves. Because we are going to be saying something that is going to be compared with the Qur'an. And definitely any kalam, any speech, when it's going to be compared with the Qur'an, it's going to be defeated. It's going to look like nothing. So they were too embarrassed to even say any verses of poetry. Because they were amazed. They were amazed by the eloquence of the Qur'an. So these huruf, when they appear in the Qur'an, remember they're reminding us of this challenge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to all of humanity, bring something like the Qur'an. You reject it, you have doubt about it, you don't believe in it, okay, try. Three huruf, try to make something, try to produce something that's anything like the Qur'an, and you'll never be successful. And there were people who tried, but they failed miserably. Tilka ayatul kitab. These are the verses of the book. Which book? What kind of a book is it? It is Al-Hakim. The attribute of this kitab is Hakim. So these verses that you're reading, that you're hearing, that you're listening to, what are they? They are from the kitab that is Hakim. Hakim is from the root letters Ha, Kaf, Mim. And what word comes to your mind when you hear these letters? Hukum, okay. Any other word? Quickly, quickly. Ha, Kaf, Mim. What word comes to your mind? Hikmah, good. Okay, so let's take the word hikmah first. What does hikmah mean? Wisdom, right? So hakim meaning one that is full of wisdom. One that is based on the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are the verses of a book that is wise. Secondly, hakim is from hukum. And hukum means order, judgment, ruling. So Hakim gives the meaning of Hakim. Hakim meaning it is decisive. One that gives the ultimate decision between the differences that exist between people. People have differences, different opinions, different ideas. One person says a particular thing is good. Another person says, no, it is bad. So that people decide what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. Will you ever have any one you know, unanimous opinion? Would you? No. So for example, take, let's say, eating pork. Right? There are people who will say, based on research, don't eat it, it's not good for you. Right? I'm not talking about Muslims. I'm talking about non-Muslims who are saying what they're saying based on scientific research. They're going to say, it's not good for you, don't eat it. But then, at the same time, you see that in food guides, right, or doctors, what are they suggesting? That you eat this, this kind of meat, and that includes pork. Isn't that? Haven't you ever seen these things? Yeah, all the time. So if this matter is left to the people, people decide, should we really eat pork or not? Would this matter ever be decided? No, there would always be confusion. Because people differ when it comes to good and evil. 
So this Qur'an, it is hakim. It decides. It makes matters clear for you. Whether you do something or you don't do it. Whether something is good or something is bad. Right? So the Qur'an tells us, pork, haram, don't eat it. So we're like, okay, don't eat it. Makes matters easy for us. Alcohol. There are people who promote it. They say, good for you. You know, give a little bit to children even. It'll keep them warm in winter. Right? They will say such things. Yeah, of course I've heard such things. Right? And there are other people who will say, in winter especially, have it. So that, you know, you can be strong. You can keep warm. And there are others who treat it like poison. I'm not talking about Muslims. I'm talking about people in general. So then, what do you do? Do you have it? Do you not have it? Where do you take that final decision from? The Qur'an. The Qur'an. Hakim. Makes matters clear for you. Just, you know, it's decisive. It just gives you that one thing to do so you can cling to it, you can hold on to it, and you know that you're not making a mistake. You can do what you do with confidence, without any doubt. So it is hakim. It is decisive. Thirdly, Hakim also gives the meaning of muhkam. Muhkam meaning one that is made firm. So it is firm in its halal, in its haram, meaning it tells you very clearly, very firmly, as to what is right, what is wrong, what is halal, what is haram, what the laws are, what the rulings are that we have to abide by. And Hakim, fourthly, also gives the meaning of mahkum fihi. Meaning, one in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed His laws, His judgments, His rulings, His commands that are based on His justice and fairness. So, Alif, Lam, Ra. Tilka ayatul kitabil hakim. These are the verses of the wise, decisive book. Because this book is from who? Allah. This kalam is the kalam of the one who has made this creation above you and below you, within you and around you, this magnificent creation. So if he has created the creation so perfectly, this amazing creation, then what do you expect his kalam would be? It would be equally, in fact, even more amazing even more perfect. Just look at the balance that is within your body. Right? Just look at the balance. For example, the chemical balance. If there is any slight imbalance, what happens to the body? What happens to the person? Right? The temperature of the body, that in itself. The way that the body is structured, that in itself is so amazing, so perfect. So the one who created all of this so perfectly... This kitab, these ayat are his kalam. This is why it is hakim. The creation, what does that show? Wisdom of the creator. The creation, the way it is put together, the way it is bound in systems, governed by laws, these universal laws, what do they show? The wisdom and the knowledge and the perfect ability of the Creator. And likewise, you will see this in the kalam of that khaliq as well. A kana. A is. Kana it was. Linnasi for the people. Ajaban. Amazement. Meaning, 
do the people find amazing and strange? And you see, uh, this is istifham, it's a question. And remember that every question is not asked in order to demand an answer. Sometimes a question is asked as a rhetorical question. Right? Like for example, you know, you're all sitting at the dinner table and somebody wants a glass of water, so you look around and you're like, you want me to get it? And they say yes. And you're like, oh, that was supposed to be a rhetorical question. You weren't supposed to say yes. You're supposed to go get it yourself. You know, like sometimes you ask questions just to like comfort the other and show the other person you're concerned, but you don't actually mean to ask. Right? So this question is what? A rhetorical question. And in the Qur'an also you will find many rhetorical questions. A rhetorical question is asked in order to provoke wonder. In order to make the other person think and use their mind. You understand? To make the other person think and use their mind. Because sometimes when we're just listening, listening, we get tuned out. And you know what I'm talking about, right? But when you're asked a question, then you're like, oh, wake up. What did you say? Right? So it makes you use your mind. It makes you think. It makes you use your reason. Think outside the box. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks over here, أَكَانَ لِلنَّاسِ عَجَبًا Do the people find it strange and amazing? Meaning, why do they find it strange? What's so amazing about this? Why are they thinking like this? They should not find it strange. And what is it that they find strange? And that awhayna we have revealed ila rajulim minhum to a man from among them, meaning that we have sent revelation to a human being. Do they find this strange that a human messenger has been sent? What's so strange about a human messenger? If they don't want a human messenger, then who do they want? An angel, a jinn, whom they would get freaked out by and run away? What do they want? Who should come and warn them? Obviously someone from among themselves. Anything that you learn, who do you learn it from? A human being, right? In the sense that if a human being is teaching you something, you can relate with them. They're able to explain something to you. And especially if that person is from your culture, right? Similar cultural background, then what happens? It's easier for you to understand what they're trying to tell you. Isn't that so? There's no cultural barrier, there's no language barrier. It makes it easier. So, why do they find it strange that a human messenger has been sent to them? What's so strange? What's so amazing? What else do they want? And notice over here, لِلنَّاسِ For the people. Because always people have had this problem. People have always had this problem. That why is the messenger a human being? Nuh السلام, the first messenger, people had a similar objection. That you, like us, you're supposed to be speaking on behalf of God, conveying to us His message. Why you? What makes you so special? Why not an angel? Why not a sound from the sky? Why not a book sent to every single individual? So people have always had this problem. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, why? What else do they want? What's so strange about it? And besides, if you think, what is the messenger saying? What is the message that he is conveying? An that nas. You warn the people, meaning the prophet, the human messenger, what is he doing? Warning mankind. 
And at the same time, وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And that you give good news to those who believe. Meaning the Prophet is told that you give good news to the believers. What good news? أَنَّ لَهُمْ That indeed for them, meaning they will have قَدَمَ صِدْقٍ Where? They will have قَدَمَ صِدْقٍ Where? In the near رَبِّهِمْ Their Lord. So the messenger is a human being and he has been told to A, convey good news to the people who believe. Right? Of what? Of Qadama Sidiqin and before that B, to Andirin Nas. So first of all, Andirin Nas warn all people and secondly, those who believe give them good news that they will have Qadama Sidiqin Inda Rabbihim. So if you logically analyze, what is the Prophet saying? Something logical. Warning all people about the reality of the hereafter, about the purpose of their life that they have forgotten, and those who believe, those who follow, he's giving them good news of Qadama Sidqin. Okay. What is Qadama Sidqin? Qadam. Root letters? Qaf, Dal, Meem. What does Qadam mean? Step. Okay. Now, where you step, meaning where you're standing, that is what? Your position. So for example, think about a race. Right? And many people were participating in it. And then at the end, three people were called to come and stand on what? What is it called? Victory stand. Okay. And then you see number one, number two, number three. Okay, so the person who won, where does he stand? The highest. Where he's going to step, that is going to be his position. Correct? So qadam gives the meaning of position, status. Alright? And remember that as you step, as you keep stepping higher and higher, what happens? You go higher. Your rank your position, it increases. So qadam doesn't just give the meaning of a position, but rather a high position, a high rank. But a high rank, what kind of high rank? Sidqin, of sidq. What does sidq mean? Sidq, what does it mean? Truth. But remember that sidq also means honor. Okay? Sidq means truth and it also means honor. Do you think there's any relationship between the two? Truth and honor? Is there? Okay, let me give you an example. There is a person who, whom you know really well, you've been on good terms with them for quite some time, and you give importance to them, you think they're really good, but then one day, they lie to you. They lie to you. In front of you, they were here. And once they lie, where do they go? They fall down in your eyes. You don't think they deserve any respect anymore. Isn't it so? Alright. So lies, they humiliate a person. Truth, on the other hand, when a person speaks the truth, then what happens? What happens? They get honor. Remember the story of the three companions? In Surah Tawbah that we learned? They were truthful and honest, right? It was difficult. But then what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted their repentance, elevated their ranks. So sidq is truth, 
But truth brings honor. Honor to a person. So this is why sidq also means honor. So qadam al-sidqin, what does it mean then? A position of honor. The Prophet is telling the people who believe that they will have a position of honor where? In the Rabbihim. Near their Lord. What's so strange about this? Is it strange? It's not strange. Isn't it reasonable? That a person is striving in his life, he is struggling in his life to please his Creator, living a life according to His commands, and he is told that, okay, if you live like this, you will be honored by Allah in the hereafter. Of course this is logical. It makes perfect sense. I mean, in this world also, if you're striving to do something, to get somewhere, to get a position, and somebody tells you, yes, if you keep working this way, within five years, this is where you'll be. Do you find that strange? Not at all. It makes perfect sense. So why is it that when a prophet is telling people that if they believe they will have qadam as-sidqin inda rabbihim, people find it strange. Allah says, why? Akana lannas, why? Why do they find it amazing? They shouldn't. Qala al-kafirun, the disbelievers say, inna hadha, indeed this, meaning this man, the prophet, who is he? Lasahirun, surely a magician, mubin, clear. When they cannot reject him, they cannot find anything else to reject him with. What do they do? They try to mask him with a label. Alright? They resort to a false label. And what is that label? Oh, he's a magician. Yes, he recites certain words and they make people cry. You know, those words that just move the hearts of people and the people change completely. He's a magician. And this is something that has happened from long, long time ago. Prophets were labeled with many such terms. Magician, soothsayer, right? Liar, so on and so forth. And the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ was also called a magician. But if you think about it, a magician. Has anyone ever seen a magician? Someone who does magic? Okay, they came to your school. But you know, that could also just be tricks, right? A real magician. Maybe you've seen it in a movie. If you think about it, in a movie or when you hear people, you know, going somewhere for treatment and they find out that this person was dressed up in a very strange way, it was so dark and stinky and smelly and creepy, right? When you think of a magician, what comes to your mind? Someone who's got a big smile on their face and a glowing face and a calm individual, yeah? No, magician, you think about magician and you think about evil. Evil, right? Any cartoon movie that has a magician? Aladdin? Who was the magician? The evil guy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, just so that people can recall. But think about a magician. What comes to your mind? Someone evil. Snakes, lizards, right? Creepy things come to your mind. The face of a magician shows that this person is calling to evil. He hasn't got any khair. Magicians live in filth. They try to please shaitan. Alright? They use blood. They use weird things in order to perform their craft. Alright? They live in darkness. Literally darkness. They live in empty, you know, isolated places. And a prophet of Allah? Come on. Someone who's so clean. Someone who's so 
gentle, kind, affectionate, loving, charismatic, right? How? How could the two ever be compared? There is a great difference between the two. A magician, he calls people to evil. He spreads evil. A prophet calls people to khair. He spreads khair. Right? A magician calls people to shaitan. Right? And a prophet is calling people to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A magician asks for reward. Big reward. Like for example, give me this much money. Or give me your girl. Or give me this. Or give me that. And the prophet of Allah on the other hand, what does he say? In ajriya illa Allah, My reward is only with Allah. There is a huge difference between a prophet and a magician. But the disbelievers, when they've got nothing left to say, they just say, oh, he's just a magician. Don't listen to him. So what's the lesson that we learn over here? If anybody has been labeled with something, go beyond the label. Go beyond the label. Use your mind. Think about it. Yourself. Really? Is this person actually like this or is he just being given names by others and you see these days every person is going to be named by you know some label or the other so what is the duty of people who have reason use your reason and don't just agree with the label use the mind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given Allah says inna rabbakum indeed your lord is who Allah Allah الذي, the one who خلق السماوات والأرض, who created the heavens and the earth. Imagine the skies and the earth. How big is the earth? If you try to visit every city in every country on this planet within six months, could you do that? No way. Six years, not possible. Okay. So the earth is big. But we know also that the earth is very small compared to the sky, the space that it is in. Isn't that so? Now just imagine the massive, massive size of a samawat wal ard. And it's not just a ball of massiveness. It's got detail. It's got a lot of detail. It's like, let's say there's a big building. Alright, and somebody is boasting about its big size. You're like, okay, it's big, so what? But then when you go in, you find that every wall has detail on it. Every room has detail. I mean, it's got a carpet, it's got artwork. And when you see that, you know that a lot of work has been put into this. Isn't it? Yeah. I was in astronomy class, you learn that the size of the planet, it affects how everything orbits and if we were a little bit closer to the sun it would be too hot for life and if we were a little bit farther it would be too cold everything in such perfect detail and even a little bit of 1920 if you take astronomy class your mind will be blown blown literally so if you think about it at a very large scale right what do you see perfection and detail right but also at a very micro level there's so much perfection and detail. You know when you see microscopic images of bacteria even? Don't you wonder at the color? Or is that fake? I remember in school, when we got to see bacteria for the first time through a microscope, I was like, wow, I love the color. (laughs) 
right? Even if let's say the color is not original, but they've put it just so that you can know the detail. But still, if you think about it, the size, the shape, the form, isn't that amazing? It's amazing. So from macro to micro, literally, you see detail, perfection, amazement. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created all of this in how long? Fi sittati ayyam. In six days. In six ayyam. Ayyam is a plural of yawm. Yawm is day. And yawm is typically used for what? 24 hours. Right? But remember that the length could be different. But Allahu a'lam, we know yawm is 24 hours. At the end, Allah knows how long that time was. But given that six days, we're dedicated for the creation of the heavens and the earth. First of all, it shows how perfect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that within six days, everything done. I'm sure all of you have seen this building being built at the end of one of the roads over here. Huge structure, right? And how long did it take? Hmm? Maybe a little over a year or something? And we're amazed. Wow. In less than two years, there's a building standing over here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the heavens and the earth in six days. I mean, that is wow. That is wow. Six days, heavens and the earth with all their details. Realize whose kitab this is, whose kalam this is. The creator, supreme creator of everything. ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ Then he istawa, he rose عَلَى الْعَرْشِ above the throne. And يُدَبِّرُ He does tadbir, he regulates the affairs. الْأَمْرَ The matter. Meaning, يُدَبِّرُ الْأَمْرَ He is regulating, arranging the matter of what? Of his entire creation. He didn't just create the creation and then abandon it. No. He created the creation. And he also does tadbir of the creation. What is tadbir? Tadbir is from dal ba ra. Dubur means end of something. So tadbir is to plan how? With the end in mind. With the end in mind. With the goal in front of you. So for example, you want to achieve some particular goal. So for example, you want to bake perfect cookies. That taste good, that have the right kind of texture and they also look good, right? Everything you want it to be in a particular way. So what do you do then? Do you do any planning or do you just take some flour and you're like, yeah, I've heard you also put sugar in cookies. So dump a whole lot of sugar and you're like, I think you also put egg. So I'll put a dozen, right? And then you're like, I think there's also some vanilla. And you put like a whole bottle. One cup flour and all of this stuff. What will you get at the end? Cookies or something else? Something else, right? So if you want a particular result, then what do you do? You have to plan accordingly. That is tadbir. And remember that tadbir is very detailed. Very detailed. Have you ever participated in organizing an event? Whether it was your brother's wedding or your cousin's engagement or a dinner party at your house or a major event at your school. Have you ever participated in that? How many meetings did you have to attend? A lot. There's rehearsals and God knows what all. So much detail, right? That is tadbir. Proper planning in order to have specific results. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the creation 
And then he didn't just abandon them. يُدَبِّرُ amr. He is regulating the affairs of the creation. Alright? And the creation includes the entire creation. So it doesn't happen randomly that you know the clouds just come up in the sky and it starts to rain. A random amount. No, it's very specific. Remember the first thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created was the pen. And He commanded the pen to write. The pen asked, what should I write? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the pen, write everything that is going to happen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew from before, whatever is going to happen. Nothing takes place except by His will, His permission. He is very much involved in the life of every single creature, whether living or non-living. Whether living or non-living. Even a tree that is part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's khalq. Allah does tadbir of that tree. How it should grow. Where it should grow from. Where it should grow from. I saw a tree that was growing. You know where in the backyards the fences they just come together? Right? So you're talking about the place where all the fences meet. So that's like, you're talking about four backyards. Okay? And a tree is growing right from the middle. So it's growing into all four backyards. Can you imagine? How? How? Where does it get sunlight from? And how does it have the strength to grow here or there? Who's behind all this? Who's teaching it? I mean, who's causing it to grow in a particular way? Or not in a particular way? يُدَبِّرُ amr Of everything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is managing the affairs of the entire creation. مَا مِن شَفِيعٍ There is no intercessor إِلَّا مِن بَعْدِ idni Except after His permission. No one can intercede, request Him for something, except after His permission. Meaning, His is the authority now, and His will be the authority later on the Day of Judgment also. ذَلِكُمُ اللَّهُ رَبُّكُمْ That is Allah, O you people. Rabbukum, your Lord. Notice the word ذَلِكُمْ. Generally, we just read the word ذَلِك. What does ذَلِك mean? That. Right? But you see the kaf at the end? Over here it's kum. And kum means you all. So this is basically the mukhatab, the one who is being addressed. So it means, O oh, you people, ذَلِكُمْ O oh, you people, ذَلِك That is Rabbukum, your Lord. ذَلِكُمُ اللَّهُ رَبُّكُمْ That, O oh you people, is your Lord, Allah. فَعْبُدُوهُ So worship Him. أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ Do you not use your reason? Do you not remember? Do you not understand? So realize whose kitab this is, whose messenger this is, Allah. It is His kitab. It is His messenger. Who is Allah, the Creator, the one who is perfect in ability, the regulator of all the affairs, the one who is supreme in His authority. إِلَيْهِ to him مَرْجِعُكُمْ your return رَجِيمْعَيْن رُجُور what does رُجُور mean? to go back when do you go back? when do you go back? when you've come from somewhere you understand? so for example you weren't born here this is not your home in the sense that this masjid that you're sitting in is not your masjid you came from somewhere over here so when you're done with what you have to do then what are you going to do? Go back. So going back means that you came from somewhere. Someone sent you. So إِلَيْهِ مَرْجِعُكُمْ جَمِيعًا What does that mean? 
All of you are going back to him, to Allah, meaning he is the one who sent you here in the first place. And we all understand this, we all know this, that we weren't over here on this earth since forever. Where were we a hundred years ago? Any one of you? Did you have a passport a hundred years ago? Did you maybe have a SIM card or something a hundred years ago? No, you didn't. Did people know that you were going to be born? No, they didn't. They didn't. So where were you then? Somewhere else. You weren't here, you were somewhere else. So someone sent you here. And we all know that we're not going to be here forever. Isn't that certain? Who's going to be here forever? Who plans to be on the surface of the earth forever and ever? Even if someone plans and plans, they cannot do that ever. So we are here for some time. We came from him, we're going back to him. So while we are here, I mean it's clear, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason. So for example, if you go to the mall, and then after some time you go back home, even if you don't want to go back home. Like you know, you see people who are struggling to walk in the mall, and they take a break and they eat something, and they're dragging their bags, but they still don't want to leave. And as they're leaving, you see hasra in their eyes, right? Sadness and grief that, oh, I have to leave the mall. So what happens? If they're at the mall, there's got to be a reason. You don't just show up somewhere for no reason. There's got to be a reason. Even if it's just having fun and window shopping or just killing time, whatever it may be, there is a purpose. Isn't it? You don't just go somewhere without a reason. Even if you don't have to speak to anybody, do something, you go for a break, just for a change of scene. Even that in itself is a purpose. So how is it possible that this universe exists and who's benefiting from it most? We are. And we know that we weren't here always and we will not remain here always. We came from somewhere, we're going back somewhere. So then why are we here? Why are we here? There's got to be a reason. What is that reason? Allah tells us, إِلَيْهِ مَرْجِعُكُمْ جَمِيعًا To Him is your return, all of you, without exception. وَعْدَ اللَّهِ حَقَّ This is a promise in truth. Meaning this is a promise that Allah will fulfill. Certainly, what? That all of you will definitely, definitely return to Him. إِنَّهُ يَبْدَأُ الْخَلْقَ Indeed, He initiates the creation. يَبْدَأُ from بَادَ الْهَمْزَ بَدَأَ To initiate, to begin the process. So He begins the creation, meaning He creates it. And then, ثُمَّ then يُعِيدُهُ He repeats it. He repeats it. Meaning, He begins the creation, so He creates it the first time. And then when that creation will die, then what will happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will repeat it. Meaning He will bring it to existence again. What is this referring to? Resurrection. Resurrection. That just like our bodies, they grow now, on the day of judgment, when resurrection will take place, bodies will grow. Literally, they will grow at the time of resurrection. ثُمَّ يُعِيدُهُ He repeats it. And you see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows this to us over and over again. That Allah creates something once, that thing dies, and then Allah gives it another life. Look at all the trees. Weren't they dead and barren just a couple weeks ago? And you were wondering, 
This is going to be green again? How? We used to have some tulips in like the front of our houses, so every summer they would grow, and then like near fall or winter they would shed, and like it would be like dead the whole winter, and then when spring would come, you would see the blooms again, and like every year they would just grow again and again, and we didn't even have to water them yeah. or anything. I have tulips in front of my house also. Just a couple of weeks ago, we cleared up the yard, and there was nothing, no sign of any tulip, and. I have a habit of just getting rid of things because I like it to be plain and simple. And my husband was almost upset that you killed the tulips. I'm like, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. And now we see that the tulips are already out. I mean, in the sense that they're coming out already and very soon, inshallah, they'll be blooming. So this is amazing. Something that was dead completely, no sign of it, what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يُعِيدُهُ He repeats it. He repeats the creation. So if he does it every year to show you, why would it be difficult for him to bring you into existence again, resurrect you? He's going to call you back. You're all going back to him. And why is it that everyone is going to go back to him? لِيَجْزِيَ There is a purpose. And that is لِيَجْزِيَ So he can recompense الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Those who believe. وَعَمِلْ صَالِحَاتِ And they do righteous deeds. How بِالْقِسْتِ with fairness, with justice. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا And on the other hand, those people who disbelieve, لَهُمْ شَرَابٌ مِّنْ حَمِيمٌ For them is sharab a drink. What kind of a drink? مِّنْ حَمِيمٌ Of boiling hot water. وَعَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ And a painful punishment. Why? بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْفُرُونَ Because of the disbelief that they used to do. Because of their disbelief. So, Resurrection will take place. Everyone is going to return to Allah. Why? So that justice and fairness is established. Because in this life, people live in different ways. Completely different ways. There are those who are oppressors, and there are those who are oppressed. Right? There are those who don't care about others, and there are those who are suffering or those who do care about others. There are those who are selfish and there are those who are charitable. And these are completely different ways of life. Isn't it? Completely different ways of life. So how? How could it be fair that everyone just turns to dust and at the end the one who is oppressed doesn't get justice? How is it fair? And someone who has harmed the other, his end is the same as the one who was harmed? Come on, that's not fairness. And we know that. If there is a person who has killed five people, who has killed five people, okay, he is killed in return. But is that really a fair punishment? If you think about it, he killed five. And he is being killed once. Does that match? No. And there are many times when a killer of 50 people even, will not be killed. He will not be punished. He will live a life of luxury. Right? So is that fairness? No. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most just and fair. When He has maintained a balance in this world, in physical things, then how is it possible that between people He will not establish that justice? This life is a test that what is it that people are doing. And in the next life, that justice will be established. How? That those who believe and do good, they are rewarded. 
and those who disbelieve, those who reject the greatest truth. And what is the greatest truth? Allah's oneness. They do not give the haqq of Allah. For them will be punishment. And what is that punishment? Sharabum min hameem. Just one thing is mentioned over here. Drink of boiling hot water. In the Quran we learn, لَا يَذُقُونَ فِيهَا بَرْضًا وَلَا شَرَابًا إِلَّا حَمِيمًا وَغَسَّاقًا And in the hellfire, they will seek for you know some kind of relief, some water. And what will they be given? Boiling hot water. Why? بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْفُرُونَ Because of the disbelief that they used to commit. In the Quran, Allah says, Surah Sad, ayah number 28, Should we make those who believe and do good like those who corrupt on the earth? Should they be made equal? Or should we make the muttaqeen like the fujjar? There is a person who is living a life you know, with so much consciousness. And there is another person who is living a free life, no limits, no principles, nothing. Should they be made the same, turned to dust? No, it doesn't befit Allah's justice. Recitation. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alif Lam Ra. Tilka ayatul kitabil hakim. Akana lin.